Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hepner with my co-hosts, Leslie Hoskins and Timothy Cunio. Leslie, you're making some big changes in your life. I, do you want to fill everybody in on that? Oh my goodness. Well, we have decided it is time to get a new house. Yes. <laughs> She's wow. not leaving. <laughs> not leaving. There's no babies on the way. There's nothing like that. We've just outgrown our house and we absolutely love our house, but both of us are working a lot from home now. So we need a little bit more office space. Our kids are getting bigger. um, So they need some more room to run and play and do activities, if you will. It's a big decision. It is. It is. We've been in our house for about seven years um, and it's a three bedroom, one bath. So now that all People are potty trained in my household. We do need another bathroom. (laughs) See, I used to move every one to two years, but it was just me and my dog. So it was super easy. But I've lived in the place I'm in now for the longest. Two years, you guys. Two years. Woo! For the longest I've been in one place. And I couldn't even imagine packing up and moving. And you said seven years. Like, all the stuff you're going to have to go through. I wish you the best of luck. (laughs) I know. We moved a lot around too, like college. Yeah, you bounced yeah. around different apartments and things like that. And then we kind of settled here. Um, and we started to go through stuff this weekend because we're trying to clean and get ready for, you know, the realtor to take pictures and all these different things. So we were organizing. And the funniest part is we're asking the kids, you know, to go through some books. Like, can you get rid of 10 books, you know, to give to another family? Or can you go through and get rid of some of your toys? And it is like life-changing decisions that these kids are making. It's so funny. I bet. Imagine having my home. I've been in my home for 21 years. I was just going to ask you. All the stuff I've collected. Oh, my gosh. So So is that your forever home, Timothy? Is that where you guys are staying? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we're staying right where we is. Yes. (laughs) Right where we is. Yeah. (laughs) I will never forget. I think it was my grandma who moved out. Like, she used to live in this, like, big farmhouse. Had so much stuff. Oh, my gosh. I remember going. I was probably, like, 11 at the time, I think. And going and helping do everything. And I was like, oh, I don't ever want to do this. <laughs> you just like acquire things and you like, it finds a spot and then it just stays there. Like, yeah. why would you ever move it? Okay. I do have a quick <laughs> funny story based on moving. So there was a box I had never opened. I just moved it from place to place to place. Well, I had roommates when I lived, when I was a TV news reporter and they would, ha- <laughs> I don't know why this was a thing, but we'd go to Goodwill and get creepy dolls and like hide them in each other's stuff. <laughs> well, th- this past year, I just opened that box because I was like, oh, what's in this? I should go through it, clean it out. Creepy doll right on top. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, how this has been there for years. I So I texted a picture of it to them. I was like, you guys, I just opened this box after like Three, four years. That's so funny. Yeah. So hopefully you don't find any creepy dolls in your house. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not. I don't think there will be any surprises, but you never know. Um, but that reminds me of a funny story. My friend um, in college, when we'd go back to our parents' house uh, and spend the summers and whatnot, 
she would bring Easter eggs and hide them all over my parents' house. Like to this day, my mom every now and then will just like send me a picture of an Easter egg, like inside vases and cupboards and cups in the back and like oh, oh my god, so funny. I'm gonna start doing that to people. Yeah, it I was think that's great. It was so funny. I literally died, but it was the creepiest doll that I literally. I'm sorry to the doll, but I put it in the dumpster. I was like, <laughs> that seems like bad karma. Probably, but I was afraid it was gonna like haunt my house, you know, because all I could think about was like movies. I do I'm, I love scary movies That's and I, I literally was like Chucky see yeah. I don't watch scary movies exactly <laughs> I was like I'm not about to have that happen yeah. It's been locked in this box, and now it's out of the box. <laughs> I think that's great. Timothy, I think you should start hiding things at people's houses when you and Glacier go uh, places. You can blame it on I Glacier. Don't. Yeah, I can. Yes. There's a lot of stuff I can blame on Glacier. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's convenient. Well, oh we'll think God. of some pranks, and we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we are really excited. Uh, today's going to be super fun. Our guest is a newer member of the Leader Dog team. And she really helps run the day-to-day operations of all of our wonderful volunteers. Yes, Melissa Pletcher started with Leader Dog at the end of January as our manager of volunteer engagement. And prior to coming to Leader Dog, she has managed volunteer programs at the Museum of Science and Industry, the Cranbrook Institute of Science, the Ann Arbor Hands-On Museum, the Detroit Science Center, the Detroit Zoo, and most recently, the Jewish Family Services of Metro Detroit. Hello, Melissa. Welcome to the podcast. And wow, you have run a lot of volunteer programs. What brought you to Leader Dog? Well, hi, Timothy. Thanks for having me. I have a real passion for animals, nature, and serving people. So two of my favorite jobs in the past were at the Detroit Zoo, uh, where I worked with an amazing group of animal care uh, givers and also volunteers and learned a lot about the animal residents. And then also I worked at Jewish Family Service in Metro Detroit, where I saw firsthand how impactful volunteers were on our clients. So when the job came up at Leader Dog, I thought, wow, this is great. This combines my two passions together. And it it doesn't hurt that there are puppies. (laughs) Yes, right? (laughs) Every day, that that doesn't hurt at all. So, and, And the mission is really something that I can get behind. That's awesome. So you worked at the Detroit Zoo. I have to ask, were you able to like go see any animals behind the scenes or anything like that? Well, yes. (laughs) Really? Um, Yes. In fact, part of what they do um, once a year, we have this sort of um, activity where staff people can sign up to job shadow the Uh uh, animal care staff. And so I worked there a long time, 10 years. So I got to do it at least 10 times. And it's really cool. Ooh, that is so really, much fun. really cool. Um, you see, you, you see the you know behaviors and things, but you see the interaction between the care staff and the animals. Do they know them? The animals know them. They mm-hmm. respond to them. Um, you know, some of the times I got to feed them. Mostly, I got to clean up after them. You <laughs> <laughs> get to feed them too. So yeah, that was cool. What would you say was your favorite animal? Oh, nobody's going to know what this is, but I like the guanacos. So guanacos are um, llama-like animals, and they're they're herd species. They all stick together. But um, when I the first day on the job, when I I got into work, um, my office building was located next to the guanacos habitat, and so when I came in, I watched the 
this guanaco, they're related, guanacos and llamas are related to camels. And you know how camels are said that they, you know, they can be kind of nasty mm-hmm. and they, they chew their food up and make cud and then they spit that out. <laughs> so I walk up and I see a guanaco who is not having a very good time with another guanaco and is spitting his cud like oh. rapid fire machine gun <laughs> at the other guanaco. And I thought, oh, this place is too cool for, for work. <laughs> Hey, you know what? That's how Leslie and I are when we're in the same office. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We're like a a pack of guanacs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, Melissa, that sounds like such an amazing opportunity. But I have to ask, how are you enjoying Leader Dog so far? I know you came in and we needed, you know, we're always needing volunteers. So what has it been like so far? It's been great. I, I, I love it. Um, everybody is so kind and so supportive and really, you know, um, helpful to me. And you know, it's a dog friendly office. So the first day I met everybody's dogs <laughs> um, and, and, and being I'm not not a dog person. I just never had dogs. I was very little when we had a dog, but I've had cats all my life. So I'm learning a lot <laughs> about dogs and dog behavior and um, you know, it, it's just, it's a great place. There's so many interesting things going on and learning opportunities. Um, my boss is outstanding and my coworker, Ann and I work well together. So I couldn't have asked for a better place. So what do volunteers mean to the mission of Leader Dog? Well, it means that we can do more. Um, we can raise more money. We can assist more clients. Uh, we can care for more dogs. So, um, you know, it really expands our capacity to serve. So, and volunteers just aren't helping with the specific tasks. They're also our ambassadors out there. So they are in educating the public on what we do and, and how we do it. Um, and oftentimes they are more most uh, ardent supporters and donors as well. They also help recruit volunteers. There's nothing like having a person who does a volunteer job say to their friend, oh, you know, I do this. And that friend then becomes interested in that volunteer opportunity is the number one way to recruit volunteers is word of mouth. Yeah. And Melissa, when I came to Leader Dog, I did not know how many volunteers we had. Were you surprised by that when you joined the organization? A little bit because, um, you know, I really didn't realize that we had uh, 350 about on campus, but then another 500 plus of puppy raisers and breeding host uh, families out there. That just blew me away. Isn't that crazy? Do you mind telling us, like, what are some of the roles that people do on campus as volunteers? Sure. So on campus, uh, for example, we have client drivers uh, what they do is they pick up clients at the airport or the train station or bus station and they greet them right at the gate and then um, help, um, you know, get luggage and navigate to the car and then they bring them back to Leader Dog and then on the return route, they do the same thing. So that's that's one, working with clients. We also have a lot of volunteers who work in the canine center. Um, for example, some help with reception in the lobby, getting people to where they need to go. Others are doing direct dog care. So um, some are playing with puppies uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and others are helping in the vet clinic. So they really are in every facet of our operations. So if somebody's listening to this podcast and they decide, hey, that sounds great. How do they become a volunteer? 
Well, the best way, first of all, they need to be 18, uh, with, with some exceptions. Some of our special events, we accept students who are 16, but you have to be 18. And then the best way really is to go on our website at uh, leaderdog.org and look at the volunteer page. Uh, we list kind of like you would for a job, a regular paid job, we list our volunteer opportunities. And so what is listed there is what we currently are recruiting for. It'll give you all the particulars about what we're looking for and what qualifications, what the time commitment is like. Um, and, and then you put in an application directly online. You know, one thing I don't think people realize about um, volunteers at an organization such as Leader Dog and others, I'm sure, is that it is a real commitment. It's not just, oh, like you're bored on mm -hmm. a Saturday, you know, pop in and play with puppies. We, we really ask a commitment from our volunteers, and our volunteers are so dedicated. It is insane how many people, like you just said, 350 on campus plus 500 or so puppy raisers who all support the Leader Dog mission and dedicate their time and their energy, and they come and they do all these different tasks. It's incredible. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked to both breeding hosts and puppy raisers in the past, and that commitment as well as, you know, they both of them bring puppies in their homes, whether it's a breeding host or a puppy raiser has a puppy for a year, and they have to give that puppy up for a greater mission. And so I think that's just a huge commitment in itself, not just the time, but the emotional aspect of giving up this these animals you've grown attached to. You know, I hear that a lot um, from people like, oh, I could never be a puppy raiser because I have to give up the puppy at the end. But, you know, my counter to that is that you're doing this wonderful thing. You have all this, you know, great time with this puppy. And many times, many, many times, the puppy raisers keep in contact with the clients once the dogs are assigned or issued to a client. So there is a continuum there. I know when they're in training, for example, and the dogs are in training, they get updates every few weeks about how the dog is doing. So you don't really lose complete contact or complete knowledge of, of what's going on with the dog, which I think is, is really comforting. My experiences with the, uh, the volunteers is when we first get there for O&M or for uh, getting a guide dog, we walk in there on the Sunday and there could be, back then was like 20 of us, 20 clients. And so there's like three or four volunteers there to show us around the campus to get us acclimated to where we were. And then uh, four or five nights later, we had bingo night. And that was great because they were there to help us to play bingo. Hey, I won for the first time in my life. That, <laughs> yes. that was that. fantastic. So, I mean, I want to thank all the volunteers because you know what? You made us feel welcome and you felt like you really cared about us and you gave your time to do this out of your day. And I really want to thank the volunteers doing this. Yes. And it, Timothy, like you just said, many times our clients, the volunteer is the first person our clients meet. They pick them up at the airport and that sort of stuff. So they're making an impact from the minute a client gets on campus. Well, we're, we're nervous and everything and they just calm you down. I mean, they just show you around and they, they, they talk to you real nice and it's just nice. It breaks the ice. Absolutely. And it helps the instructors and the trainers so much. So it used to be back in the day, if you will. Um, and this is before my time too. So really back in the day. But our instructors used to have to go to the airport on the weekends and pick up clients and bring them back. And then they had no 
kind of personal life, right? Like they were so dedicated and still are to the mission and working with clients. But by having these wonderful volunteers, it gives our trainers a time to break or prep or get ready um, or have a day with their family during class and things like that. So we are forever grateful to all of our volunteers. One of the roles that I find really interesting about volunteers at Leader Dog, which for the record, volunteers are in every aspect, every department, every area of Leader Dog. We could not do what we do without them. But one of the things I find interesting is they actually work in our Accessible Materials Center, which we call our AMC. And so they help braille documents and they help print out large print documents and they do recordings and audio and all sorts of different things to make our materials as accessible as possible. Um, So shout out to the AMC uh, volunteers and to all volunteers, honestly. But I just think that is so neat that honestly, volunteers will come and we can, you know, learn a specialized task if they don't already have that knowledge and really make an impact. And that machine, I will say, is loud, but (laughs) it is right by our office. Yeah, that's the only reason. But it's so cool because I I actually do like to go like pop in there when they're doing it just to see how it, because I've never done it, like just to see how it works. So, I mean, our volunteers are also getting skills that most of us who are paid employees don't even have. So it's really awesome. Yes, absolutely. So Melissa, you've been at Leader Dog now for a few months. What has been, uh, I guess, like the most impactful thing so far of joining the Leader Dog Mission? Well, I guess for me personally, when I did the blindfold walk, um, the sense of giving up, you know, that control, (laughs) you know, and placing that uh, control with someone else uh, or another being, um, (laughs) that, that was, that was really impactful for me. Um, and it was a, it was a short experience, but it really, it really made a difference for me. Um, that, and just seeing the, the dedication of the, both the dog trainers and the instructors and how hard they work and how dedicated they are, uh, is amazing. I, I saw a similar thing in, at, in the zoo world, you know, animal care staff are extremely dedicated. They give up their lives for their animals. And I, I sense that same sort of dedication, which is amazing to me. I, I'm happy and um, grateful to be part of an organization that has people like that working for them. Yeah. And some of our volunteers are the ones that conduct those dog walks. They're Leslie's volunteers, correct? Yeah, I was just going to say, isn't that funny that actually our volunteers are the ones that helped you have that most impactful experience. But we have blindfold walk volunteers. So people who we've actually, you know, kind of upskilled or taught how to provide these experiences for people uh, to get an idea. And, And by idea, I mean a very small glimpse into what it's like to work with a guide dog. And so we have what we call canine ambassadors who are kind of like our PR dogs and do these uh, different events and, and things like that. And so all new team members get to experience what it's like to walk with a guide dog. So we actually have volunteers who come in and assist with these and the team member goes under blindfold and the volunteer kind of assists uh, our canine ambassadors with walking. And so the clients get an, or I'm sorry, team members get an idea. We also do this for different events and things like that. Yeah. We just did it at Bark and Brew. Absolutely. Yeah. Not too long ago, a few months ago. But I mean, so many volunteer opportunities. Melissa, you've worked in so many places. What would you say makes our volunteer opportunities unique to other places that you've been? Well, 
I've never had a volunteer drive a dog to a prison before. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's unique. Uh, yeah, no, really, there's no, uh, there's no busy work um, kind of volunteer roles. Every role that we have is really vital to the success of the organization. Um, and the level of training and trust we place in our volunteers is like nothing else I've seen before. Um, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, and the, the amount of dedication, as you mentioned, of those volunteers um, is, is really, really something. I've, I've seen um, some records. I haven't met all the volunteers yet, but I've seen some records of volunteers, you know, having raised 40 puppies. Um, having been with the organization for a very, very, very long time. And that really shows, you know, how motivated they are, how dedicated they are, and really kind of is a kudos to us for having an organization they want to be part of to give so much of their time to. Yes. And every volunteer I've gotten to meet in my short time, I, I'm almost coming up on my year, actually. That's crazy. Um, and every volunteer I've met, has been so amazing. They've taught me something as well. So I, our volunteers are just the friendliest people. They're always happy to be there. They're not like, oh, I'm volunteering today. They're excited to be there and sharing our mission. But I did want to circle back on the driver who drives puppies to prison. <laughs> it is a, an initiative. We uh, partner with different prisons and they actually raised one of our puppies for us. So some of our puppies are raised in the correctional facility. So we are not taking our puppies to jail. If that's <laughs> what we you don't were just thinking. Drop them off. <laughs> oh, man. But, it's a little less exciting that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> one thing we should also mention is that during the pandemic, when we were closed, how supportive our volunteers remained. So there were a couple, almost two years where things were shut down and volunteers weren't able to come to campus. And first of all, our team stepped up incredibly because the volunteers fill such a huge, huge, huge role. So that was really hard on our team members to lose our volunteers during that time. But the support that our volunteers continued to have for us was incredible. And honestly, the majority of them picked up right where they left off when they came back. And so we want to thank them for that. Um, for being patient with us, for being understanding and recognizing that, you know, we were doing the best that we could. And we just are so thankful. Amen to that. If someone is wanting to volunteer, I know we already said go to our website and that sort of stuff. But what is like something that's a unique opportunity that they could do besides puppy raising and breeding? I feel like people hear about that a lot. What is something that maybe people don't know that they can do? Oh, okay, so currently, for example, um, we have a marketing assistant um, position that we're looking for someone to help our uh, graphic designer do design and layout of newsletters. So this is, a, you know, someone who's creative and has some computer skills might be interested in that. Um, we're also looking for, as you said, AMC before, Leslie, um, we are looking for someone to help uh produce some of those materials in the accessible uh, materials department. This is really unique. We are looking for Spanish interpreters oh. um, and we're looking locally and internationally for someone who uh, would be willing to spend um, a bit of time with us, 21 days, um, interpreting for our clients who are coming from uh, South and, and Central America. And this is really an opportunity to um, give in a big way. And also, perhaps if you're not local, you know, to, to see some of the local sites. 
So uh, those are some of the things that we're, we're looking for. Also breeding um, litter assistant volunteers, they help with the breeding dogs who are on campus and also with the litters that are on campus. So those are just some of the things right now that we're looking for. And every, every month, something else really gets posted. So I, I recommend that people continue to look at the, the website. If they want to talk to, to me or my colleague, Anne, about you know something they're specifically interested in, but they don't see it on the website, they're always welcome to email or call us. Our, our numbers are on the website. Wonderful. And I love that you brought up the the interpreter. I think that is such a unique role and for sure very giving. People will fly here to spend 21 days with our clients and interpret for our instructors um, while getting a guide dog. And it is incredible to watch, to be a part of. Our um, clients who are Spanish speaking are so thankful. Our guide dog mobility instructors are incredibly thankful. And that's not a lot of downtime. That's meals. That's out training. That's, I mean, talk about the dedication. And we've had volunteers who have done that multiple times, have come back for multiple classes to do that and dedicate all that time. So just incredible. That's just one example. Um, Thank you, Melissa, for providing all of those. Thank you for joining us today and sharing all that there is to know about volunteers at Leader Dog. Again, we just want to thank everybody who dedicates their time or who donates to the mission of Leader Dog. We could not do it without everyone. So thank you also to our listeners for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with hosts Timothy Cuno and Christina Hebner. We hope you enjoyed learning about Melissa and how volunteers support our mission. Please join us next week as we continue to dive into the world of blindness. Yes, and we have to say thank you one more time to our volunteers. And if you'd like to learn more about applying or volunteering to leader, at Leader Dog, you can head to leaderdog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at takingthelead@leaderdog.org with any questions or ideas. And if you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcasts stream.